0: It's a podcast day. It's a podcast day. It's officially happening. Here we are. Kristen Hange,
1: Natalie Roy, podcast 211.
0: 211. That feels
1: like a thing. I think so. I can't believe we've had that many conversations that we've recorded.
0: (laughs) We really like to talk to each other.
1: (laughs) And and it's only the tip of the iceberg. We've had so many (laughs) other ones.
0: I know the ones we don't (laughs) record. Uh, Welcome to the Create Podcast. We are so
1: glad to have you here. This is a podcast all about exploring who you are as a human being and your creativity and your spirituality and your wholeness and what you feel that you are here on this planet to be aligned with and to create. And, uh, you know, sometimes it feels like a beautiful, loving, incredibly nurturing progress and process, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it just feels like you're in the mud of your Your creative progress, or your life in general, or your why the hell am I here? And uh, so we're just here to explore all of it.
0: Yeah, Stephen Pressfield talks about that when writing. There's this being lost in the wilderness section of writing, and when we're writing our stories, this moment where the character is lost in the wilderness. That that is just a mythic vein, and it makes me think of the heroines journey, which I love which is there's the abyss, there's the descent, there's that moment where you're just in it and you can't get out of it and you can't speed it up. You just have to be there and feel it. And it's often a time of deep isolation. And -hmm. being lost is part of the process.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I have so been feeling that. I was just sharing with you this morning, which I'll share for the podcast, the abyss, is my closet. I spend a lot of time in my closet these days. And I'm so grateful that I have a nice big closet that I can like lie in and actually like lay and sprawl out in. But man, I have spent a lot of time these last months just lying on the floor of my closet and crying and feeling. And I don't even say that. So anyone reaches out and goes, oh my gosh, how do I make you feel better? Like there's not a, there there is truly not a problem to be solved here. It's just being in the abyss and being willing to let it last as long as it does, and knowing that it's purposeful and and knowing that it's part of it. and it's not my job to bypass it or, or gaslight it or try to make it better. or, you know, uh, decide to put a big cookie in my mouth so I don't feel it or you know, uh, you know, decide to just work, work, work so I don't feel it. It's like really the the call is just to be with it to befriend it, even if I can, but man, the abyss feels cavernous, you know, these days.
0: Yeah. And I was just sharing with my dear Natalie, before we started this podcast, that I got some really hard career news yesterday on a project. And so I am just with some big feelings. I am feeling, I was like, oh, sadness is here. Anger is here. Frustration is here. There's some depression here. And it's not even just this like a uh, career disappointment. It's a, it's a, it's a layer of a few of them that are all just here. And obviously, <laughs> there's nothing to do because they're here except for feel my feelings. And so I was sharing with Natalie that I'm just practicing. Feeling my feelings and letting whatever's here be here, and doing my best to love whatever's here as oh, okay, I'm, I'm not going to try to push you away. I'm not going to try to minimize you. I'm not going to try to shift myself even into a different state. What if I'm really loving these emotions, if I'm really honoring them as messengers, then I'll make space and they'll be here as long as they're here, and they'll go whenever it's time to go. But I'm really curious what happens when I don't rush the process. Mm. There's a podcast that I really have been enjoying. It's called It's Not You, It's Your Trauma. And oh. there's, there's this guy named Joe Ryan. He's really into recovery. and But, but he just had this podcast on uh, just being with your uncomfortable feelings. With mm. this whole idea that we often have been taught just to race away from those things that don't feel great whether it's the cookie or it's the shopping or it's the relationship or it's work or fantasy, whatever it is that you want to use. What happens if I just lay here Mm. in the dark and feel my feelings? Mm.
1: Mm. You know, I think, I think part of the reason that I, And, you know, I'm actually a girl who likes to feel my feelings. I've always actually thought it was, (laughs) but I sort of like, like to use my feelings against myself to build stories against myself and re-traumatize myself and make things harder on myself. Um, But I often do think that sometimes part of the, let me try to rush out of this, or let me not go there all the way, or let me avoid feeling this because it's going to be too much, or it's going to swallow me whole is that feeling that if i go there it will never end i think that that's really that there's a fear inside of it that if i really open myself to the amount of grief i actually feel like i will never feel anything else and i think that feeling that it will never end i will never be out of this i'll i will fall into this hole and this is where i will live is the thing that makes us not really want to go in all the way. It's like, I, I I'll go in, but I still want to have like one hand or one foot out just so I know I have an exit strategy, or I know I can still kind of control it, but emotions are the uncontrollable thing. You know, it's like the, it's like when you're drowning in the ocean, you just sort of have to let the ocean take you and carry you. You can the, the harder you fight against it, uh, the, the worse it gets. And the more you actually get overtaken by it. And I remember doing a lot of nervous system and somatic work for a long period of time when I was going through a really rough time. And I I had a coach who kept saying, Natalie, the only problem is you just, you're trying to get out of it. You're trying to get out of it. And, you know, when you're in that dorsal vagal state of your nervous system, where you're in that freeze state, and it's such a, it's such a hyper aroused place for your body to live in that that's when your body actually goes into shutdown and conservation, and it's actually doing that to keep you safe, you know. And but that's the time when you can feel hopeless and trapped and depressed. And what's the use? And what's the point? And you can even have, you know, thoughts of death or thoughts of ending. And and all that is completely normal in that freeze state. And the issue is, is that when we're in that state, our brain can sort of only have access to other times we felt in that state. So all of a sudden, when you're in that state and you're like, it's hopeless, there's no point. And maybe your friend comes to you and says, yeah, but you've had this success and this thing's gone well. It's like your body, your brain, your nervous system can't go there right now. Can't even remember those things. Those things don't even feel real to your body. The only thing that you feel really aligned with are all the other times you've been in dorsal. And so it makes sense as you like so beautifully described that when this particular feeling for you comes up, this particular disappointed feeling, all of a sudden, all the other times you felt that way are just here and present and in the soup. And it can feel so overwhelming and like so much to process.
0: Yeah. And I'm really practicing when I can be mindful of it to let go of any story and just be with the feeling like Mm. can i can i just let whatever this feeling is be here uh and can i i'm I'm really practicing welcoming the feeling as it like rumi says like it's a house guest invite Mm. it in you know make it a cup of tea and uh allow it to be here and allow it to talk to me and allow Mm. it to tell me what it wants. It was very funny this morning um cuz I went on a hike and all the podcasts were talking about parts work. So you know the book uh no bad parts the Dick Schwartz book. Every, so Glennon Doyle was talking about it, Nicole LePero was talking about it, everyone's talking about parts work, right? And it and it and it, it was really interesting. I love those kind of conversations but just letting the sad part of me tell me how it feels and what it wants and what it needs letting the angry part of me tell me how it feels what it wants what it needs and just practice listening and being with um and uh and and treating those those parts of me like they're my beloved mm-hmm. and uh yeah and and it's really interesting what happens if i don't want if i if if it's not about i want to get out of this feeling but just letting what is here now in this moment be my teacher and say okay yeah okay okay and um and 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 not try to uh explain anything but just be with the feelings ask the feelings what they need and what they want and you know it was interesting earlier when you and I were talking about uh, oh, that book, will you mention what's the name of the book that you're reading?
1: Oh, the mad woman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mad woman book. I, I think
1: it has a longer title. I just refer to it as the mad woman because I have a new baby. I pick up these books and I read like 12 pages of it. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. And then I never get back to it. So I'm sure if you Google book mad woman, you'll, you'll see what the book is.
0: Well, it's just interesting how I feel like as women, We are encouraged not to be angry and and we're encouraged to get out of anger. And when we express anger, often we can be shamed for expressing anger. Mm. And I think something that we can do for each other uh, is just encourage each other when we're feeling anger to love it and express it and uh, allow ourselves to be with it.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's, it's actually really interesting. I know I've certainly been a, a woman who has been taught or who has felt whether I got this from my nuclear family or whether I got this culturally growing up in the lovely, beautiful, amazing country of Canada. Um, but there's there's this idea of you got to be the nice person, you got to be the good person. And I, I do think that there's so much tremendous merit to that, to sharing that kindness is important and, you know, uh, loving each other is very important. Um, and I do think some sometimes it, it was to the point of, and abdicate yourself. If, if you start to feel things that would make other people uncomfortable or would, um, or, you know, certainly if you feel anger, go, go feel it far away in the corner and don't, don't let anyone else see you feel that. Or, you know, if you, if you express that in a certain way, you'll be labeled things like you'll be labeled the bitch or you'll be labeled the, you know, the banshee, whatever those things are, you know, and there's been such a negative association. And it was so funny. I was just sitting in my bathtub the other day and i've been listening on repeat to this very powerful sanskrit chant um and the translation of this chant in english is the jewel is in the lotus and it's really a meditation on where there is the most suffering the most mud the most muck there's there's a there's jewels there and it's the meditation of can i can i stay and hold both. That part of me is in deep suffering. Part of me is getting gifts from this. Part of me is in deep pain. Part of me is okay. And and can I sit and be in the wholeness of the whole experience without trying to move it around? You know. And so I was in the bathtub, just listening to this chant. And the chant in Sanskrit is Om Mani Padme Hum. And I was listening to it on repeat. And all of a sudden, you know, my hands went up on the wall of the bathtub and i felt myself in the bathtub and i i felt all of a sudden that the jewel in the lotus was my anger the jewel is my anger that being able to feel it having permission to feel what i was told not to feel having permission to express what has been put on the side is is the jewel that that is the thing that is a calling that is i'm i'm being called to experience healthy anger and i haven't ever known how to do that before and if i've been taught that anger is something to be uncomfortable in its presence then when it comes up, even though it's a jewel, I don't recognize it as a jewel. I think it's something I need to get rid of. And so my practice is, can I keep shifting what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing to just, as you beautifully said, just welcome it, just welcome it. Okay. Whatever's here, I'm going to welcome it.
0: And I was listening to Nicole LaPera. I think I'm saying her last name the right way, but maybe not. Um, The holistic psychologist talk about, and Opening our bodies, opening up our nervous systems to the fact that many different feelings can be present at the same time. So while anger can be here in big ways, so can enthusiasm about something else, or mm-hmm. my call to adventure is still there, you know? And I think as we are growing as a collective and we Feel deeply these issues that are alive in the world where the correct response to them is anger, is sadness, is frustration. That is the correct feeling in the body to things that are going on. But if we haven't allowed ourselves to feel those feelings, then we will negate them, we'll numb them, and then we'll never get to the action that those feelings are calling up inside of us. Mm -hmm. And we have to be able to feel them for ourselves in order to feel them for the world. So, so learning, it is safe to embody anger. It is safe to embody sadness. It's safe to embody frustration. It's actually necessary that I do this for myself so that I can do this on a, on a, a large level, on a collective level. And it becomes essential because I'll never know what the action is in my own life unless I get the wisdom from the feelings. And then I won't know what the action is in the world globally, unless I have Mm. the ability to go deep inside of my feelings.
1: I love what you say about that so much, because so often we feel like feeling the feeling is sort of this inactive, passive thing. And sometimes it is. Sometimes it's like surrender to the wave and let it take you. But, but I love what you're saying, that the wisdom inlaid inside the feelings can be infused with the next action and can be infused with the next thing that we will actually miss by bypassing the feelings themselves.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's, it's teaching me something and I don't quite know what it's teaching me yet, but I'm being inside the process and I'm like, all right, okay, you have yeah. somewhere you want to take me, take me take me take you know it's really and, i i don't know what it is i've never i've never, never been again. here before
1: yeah yeah and I, I think collectively there's lots of places we're being called to go that we've never been before you know mm-hmm. um and and we usually meet that with incredible resistance and our job is to say okay like use me show me use me show me you know in this conversation about feelings it's really interesting for me to watch you know because i have a 7 month old and she's really good at feelings and she's really she's really good at big feelings she's really good at having multiple feelings at once she's really good at letting them pass it's really incredible to watch her in her own process um as i said like one of my favorite things to do is when i wake up and I, and i go to her crib in the morning like she is Full of joy, like she just wakes up full of joy, full of smiles. And as the day goes on, there's lots and lots and lots of times where she's just sitting back and watching, and like I'm not smiling right now. I I I don't feel that right now. And it's unbelievable, you know, whether we're talking to grandparents or you know, babysitters are coming by or friends are coming to visit. And what's the instinct? Hi, baby, smile. Let's play. Let's smile. And most of the time, she's like. I don't want to do that right now. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's amazing to see all of us try to make her be somewhere she doesn't want to be. Like, just smile, smile for us, smile for us, smile for us, right? And then, of course, when she's crying and upset, it's like, okay, let's fix this. Let's make this go away. Let's not feel that, you know. And it's amazing how we... Even, even well-meaning people who are really trying to parent consciously, you know, like it's amazing how just the mechanism is in place of some feelings we don't want to feel or we want to move. Like if you're sad, we want to move that really quickly, or we want to give you a bottle or we want to make it go away. And, you know, sometimes she does need a bottle. Sometimes that's why she's crying because she's trying to communicate. She doesn't have any other way to do it, but sometimes she's just feeling something. And it takes a lot of discernment to be like, okay, I'll just sit here with you while you feel that. And I won't take it from you.
0: By the way, what a beautiful gift to give your daughter is you get to have your own experience and I'm not going to try to change your experience. I was thinking when you were telling that story, how often do I make myself be somewhere I don't want to be, whether that's mm-hmm. emotionally or physically. Mm-hmm. And- as I learn how to heal self-abandonment, what happens if I don't make myself be somewhere that I'm not? What happens if I don't make myself be somewhere I don't want to be? In order to learn how to honor myself, I have to learn how to honor my feelings. And then I have to learn how to honor like the true navigational system inside of me and I feel like there's a bit in in the world of we've learned, uh, if you're sensitive, you've learned how to be uh, mutatable, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, especially performers. We learn how to, oh, okay. This is what you need me to be. Okay, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Those of us who work with people, like all of these things. And I'm really getting curious as an exploration into my authentic self who am I right now? Who am I right now? And what do I need? How do I honor myself? And how do I bring the truest part of myself to you so that we can have authentic, genuine connection? For us to get really real, we both have to feel safe enough to to be the truest parts of ourselves. But what I'm coming to realize is, instead of looking to you to give me that safety, I can provide that safety for myself, mm. and that allows me to withstand the discomfort if I bring my authentic self to someone, and they're like, "No, thank you, <laughs> not interested. Yeah. I don't yeah. like it to do that." Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can no, what a do it myself. I am. If
1: we can just put the ego aside and say, you're not getting rejected here, you're getting information, you know? Yeah. This was actually one of the most brilliant things I have learned since becoming a mother when I was doing um, gentle sleep training with baby, um, because I knew it, it's best for everyone if she can learn how to sleep. And right now, she doesn't know how to sleep on her own. And the reason she doesn't know is because every time she wakes up, I intervene right? Like I come in and go, do you need milk? Do you need a soother? Do you need a hug? Do you need me? And so she doesn't learn how to be the source of her own soothing when every time she needs soothing, I do it for her, right? And so I had this wonderful sleep coach who I I would call at all hours of the night and she was so wonderful. And she would say, you know, sleep training is more about the parent than the baby. Mm. she's like, because this is really about when you're sitting beside her and she's uncomfortable and she's working it out, it makes you feel better. You inside yourself, you feel better when that problem is solved, but that teaches her, she can't just work out her problems without you being uncomfortable. So what's a better thing to give to her as her mom is I am right here. You are not abandoned. You are not alone. You are safe. I am right here. And if things get really bad and and you need help, like I'm here. I got you, but I trust you that you got this and you know how to do this. And it doesn't make me uncomfortable while you work it out. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I'm so codependent. (laughs) And the sleep coach described it to me in such a beautiful way. She said, well, if you want to teach your daughter how to swim, you don't throw her in the pool and say, figure it out. (laughs) You know what I mean? But you swimming for her also doesn't help her figure it out. You got to get in the water with her. And there's times when you take your hands away and she, she works it out, but you're right there. And I often think with big feelings, like with big career disappointments, with big grief, with big hurt, we haven't been taught how to be there for ourselves in a healthy way. And we haven't been taught how to be there for others in a healthy way, where, you know, if you share with me that you have a really big hurt in your heart or you're in deep pain, how do I sit in the pool with you while you figure out how to swim through these feelings without running away or without saying, here, let me, let me do that for you. Let me take
0: it from you. Right. And that is the way we can really honor each other is trusting that the other person knows what's best for them. So, oh, I can, I can just be here with you. I can just be here with you next to you and trust you as you feel your own feelings and you process your way through them. Um, and learning how not to invalidate what someone else is feeling, or even like rush to point out the positive or try, you know, trying to shift their feelings for them. Right. It's like not letting them have the dignity of their experience. I remember when you were going through that process with your daughter, talking about her learning how to self-soothe. And I was going through the same process with my mom, um, with the grief, that was coming up for her around my dad and just watching how you were modeling, uh, not rushing in, you know, let me take care of it for you. I was watching that same impulse with my mom of like wanting to rush in and be like somehow lessen the grief or make the grief more bearable. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, oh, the only thing there is for me to do is to show up and just be present. And just be present for whatever it is whatever it is will be here and then can i do the same thing with myself and you know that the, the grief around my dad is around his uh progressing dementia but but i also think about um with the death there have been a few times in my life I, i've experienced some you know pretty tragic deaths and i've just been in that process and in that, you know, processing the, the loss of someone that is loved. And it's really interesting because I feel like in that process, my body just knows. Just show up and be present. It's the only thing to do. It's the only thing to do uh, during those big transitions. But I feel in a way there's, there's a something that is applicable in other kinds of grief just show up be present let whatever wants to happen to happen and uh and to trust and to trust myself that if there is something to do i'll know it i'll hear it Mm -hmm. i'll
2: be able to uh to to pick up that action in the moment Yeah, you know I'll be able to respond, but all that
0: is needed is presence.
2: Yeah, makes me think
1: about Renee Brown when she talks about vulnerability and and really just being in a space where you're vulnerable. I mean we're all deeply vulnerable in life, where we don't know how long we're here. I mean it it could be over tomorrow. You know it's we're in a deeply vulnerable position here. Yeah, Uh, it's not something we can control. It's not something we can change, you know, life has a process and we are subject to that process, no matter who we are. And, you know, she talks about really just surrendering to the vulnerability that life is and not trying to protect ourselves from the things of life. And I think that, that, that is what true vulnerability is. It's like, okay, I'm willing to sit with this no matter how painful it is, or no matter how long it lasts, because we have all faced those tremendous moments of grief and there's no amount of trying to protect yourself from it or trying to prepare yourself for it. That would have made any lick of difference. Like if I'm like, you know what, I'm going to withhold love from this person because in case something happens to them, I don't want to feel that pain. When something does happen, because it will, it won't, have protected you from any of it. You'll still have all the grief of having lost them, but now you'll also have the grief of the them you didn't get to know and experience because you were protecting yourself. So in the end, we just have to say, "Okay, here I am, world. Here I am, life. Here I am, career. Here I am, baby." He, I, you know, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz talked about this in one of his beautiful books, where. He says the moment that a parent holds their child for the first time, they feel a love that is indescribable and unconditional. And the next thing they feel is the biggest, deepest, darkest fear they have ever felt because to love this much means you can hurt that much. And to be a brave artist who puts yourself out there and puts it all on the line for the thing that you love means your freaking heart can get trampled and it just is one of those things where it's a gift to say yes to the whole process of it the, the highs the lows and it's hard and we just have to be able to be with ourselves and be with each other knowing that it's always going to have the duality it's always going to have the highest highs and the lowest lows and you know the more I try to protect myself from any of it, all all I do is also keep myself from, from this thing called life.
0: Right. That all protection is on some level an illusion.
2: Yeah. We can't get out of it. We're here. We're going to, we're going to do the thing.
0: Yeah. And life's going to do what life
2: does. Yeah. And
0: actually allowing ourselves to feel Everything that is here is like, there's, there's such a richness to it.
2: And perhaps
0: the great opening to whatever the experience that life is giving is is the, I don't wanna say the word
2: opportunity. It's like the invitation. Can you, can you open your heart all the way to everything that life is asking you to feel? It's an invitation. And uh, and I can be gentle with myself and loving as I go through the process of, of feeling things that are really uncomfortable to feel.
1: And I feel like if anyone is good in these times, just put on some Ramdas. you know, like put on some Ram Dass and just listen to him say, and so,
0: and so, <laughs> and so. <laughs> I love when he's like, ah, anger's here again. Ah, there you are. Haven't seen you in a while. Good to see you. You know?
1: Gosh. Yeah. And just how, he just has for me this beautiful way. When I am deep in the trenches of life, there is something about Ramdas that allows me just a little glimpse into being able to laugh at it a little, you know, a little glimpse into being able to see that I'm not special. It doesn't only happen to me. I love when Caroline Miss says, um, you know, when people are going through insurmountable challenges like an illness they say why is this happening to me she says well who do you think it's supposed to happen to i mean life happens to all of us this happens to be the part that happened to you but like who's it supposed to happen to if not you you know and it's hard it's hard to swallow you know i I all the time wish that I didn't have my stuff. I look at other people and I wish I had their stuff, you know? I'm like, God, I hate that this
0: is my curriculum.
1: Like, why this? But it is. Well, Who else uh, is supposed to get
0: it but me, you know? Beckwith talks about, like, if we put all of our curriculum out in the middle of the street, that everyone would be running to get theirs back. They'd be like, oh, man, yours is so much harder. Oh, my gosh, let me get take mine right back. Um, but that ours are is tailor-made for us. you know and I love when Ram Dass talks about and it's all only relatively real anyways it's you know it's real on this plane like change the channel then you're on another plane of consciousness and you know uh you can surf those channels all day long and we're also in the incarnation so the the incarnation is part of like uh you know you're in school you might as well take the curriculum
1: man man I mean I just feel like I want to say to you Kristen um you know, just thank you so much for sharing what is here for you. Um, thank you for being in community with what's here. I know it can be really sexy to isolate, um, (laughs) and keep it to ourselves. And I just really value that, you know, in, in hard moments that, you know, you continue to, to trust me, to bring it to me and you bring it here to, to our community. I just think it gives all of us an opportunity to just like learn how to be with, whatever is for our own lives a little bit, with a little bit more grace. So um, really appreciate you sharing today.
0: Well, and also thanks for modeling for me. Like I feel that you've done a great job of modeling being with what is. I remember once we were teaching uh, at the Green Lounge and you would always do the opening meditation. And you turned to me and said, can you take it? Can you take it today? And I was like, yeah, but you were just where you were and you were feeling your feelings and you were just modeling. This is what's here right now. And I'm going to honor it. So thanks for showing me how to do that.
1: Mm, Thank you. I mean, I, I was just talking to a fellow artist last night and she said, okay, I know I have to feel my stuff. I know I have to feel it all the way. She's like, but I still have life to live. Like I still have things I have to do. I still have to go to my job. I still have to feed my kids. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the thing is we've been taught to compartmentalize it, right? Like I'll put this on the side so I can get this job done. And I think that there's a a grace in knowing that we do really hard things all the time with really big feelings afoot. And I always think of it this way. If the feelings that need to be felt are like a little kid inside of me, then I don't let the little tantruming kid inside me run my business for me. I don't let my little tantruming kid do my auditions for me, but I sure as hell don't lock them in a room and tell them their voice doesn't get to get heard and and they don't get their space. But what I might say is, hey, for right now, we really got to get this thing done. But I promise I will come back to you. And I promise there will be space for you, right? So if if big feelings come up and you've got a meeting to go to, then absolutely you say to that part of yourself, I'm here, I'm listening, I love you, I got you, you are safe, and I'll come right back to this as soon as we can. And I promise you that, and you go get whatever needs to get done, done. But then your job so that you don't abandon yourself is to come back. Your job is to honor that promise and make the space to come back, not, oh, it's space to come back, but now I'm going to do pretend work that doesn't really need to get done. or Now I'm going to you know, distract myself with something, or I'm going to avoid it somehow, that there's nothing wrong with going, you know what, I can't lay in the closet right now. My baby needs to be fed. Like, yeah, I'll go do that. And I'll bring the part of myself that's feeling the big feelings along. I will let the functional part of myself take the lead, but I will bring that piece of myself so that no no part is left behind. And then I will make sure that that part does have its time, you know, because the important thing is not to abandon. The important thing is to make the space when we can.
0: And what beautiful self-trust that is that you're creating. Oh, I know that I will show up for myself. I'm not going <laughs> to lock myself in the closet and say, you're not welcome here. I show up for myself and, and I'm willing to love all parts of myself. Yeah, and that creates a beautiful relationship within. them.
1: And, and also just to say to people, and hey, if you're out having dinner with someone and your grief comes up really big, great. You know yeah. what I mean? Great. Great. Yeah. Let it let okay. her rip, you know, okay. and let's all let's all learn together how to just hold that.
0: Yeah. And, and to let whatever is be. be there. Yeah. 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 We're all learning. We're all learning together. Natalie. Kristen. Do you have any fun offerings that you want to tell us about? I do. Okay. I have two really,
1: really fun things I want to tell you about. The first thing I want to tell you about is I am teaching a really, really amazing, fun acting class. It's an acting self-tape audition class. It starts on the February the 7th. And uh, if anyone is interested in coming and uh, learning more about acting and self-taping and auditioning and, you know, mindset of being an artist, I am starting that course um, next. uh, No, not next week, the week after. Um, But the other really fun thing I wanted to tell you about is I'm doing a uh, on-camera chemistry masterclass. You know, have you ever, have you ever had those moments where as an actor, if any of the actors are listening, like all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, I have to kiss someone on camera or I have to do hanky panky on camera or I have to create chemistry with this inanimate object I'm using as my reader. And you know, how can I authentically create activation and intimacy and chemistry in my body? So I'm doing that around Valentine's day, just to be cheeky and romantic. Um, so Monday, February 13th, I'm doing that masterclass. Um, so you guys can reach out to me on my Instagram, miss Natalie Roy, or you can reach out to me via email, which is my name, Natalie Lynn Roy at gmail.com. If you're interested
0: in any of those, that sounds like so much fun. (laughs) What a great time, Natalie, that's fantastic. And I also know people love being in your class and they often book after working with you. And I've I've just had so many people tell me how you have helped them come to life uh, as an actor and really bring the truth of who they are into their work. So I know it's a great, just beautiful offering for whoever feels called.
1: Thank you. It's my favorite thing. I love it so much. Um what about you? Would well, you have anything going on these days?
0: Yes. Well, I have a couple retreats. I have my become the main character of your own life retreat in Sedona February 3rd. <gasps> it's like here so quickly. It's 2 weeks away. Um and we just opened a few more spots. Um we got a second house for the retreat, so a couple a new One shared spot and one private room are now available, so you can get in on that. I'm also teaching a uh, retreat solo show, a solo show retreat with Maddie Corman in March, the 9th to the 12th. So if you have a solo show and you want to workshop it with me and Natalie over the course, me and Maddie over the course, the other
1: other Natalie, (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh,
0: you can sign up for that. And uh, we're helping people tell their stories, like the really intimate, deep stories. And we're helping them find their structure and expression so that you, you know, there's something so healing, not only about writing your story, but also speaking it and being witnessed and letting it be of service in the world. And mm. I always have my ongoing story space if you would like a collective to be um, supported and encouraged and uplift as you're writing your story. So so that is always available. And then you and I have a retreat this summer, which hasn't happened in Oh, while.
2: oh we
1: are doing an in-person retreat. I'm just saying the first in-person retreat we did, I met my husband. That's right. The second in-person retreat we did, I'm sure something amazing happened. I can't remember, but I'm sure something really cool happened. And now this is the, is this the third one?
0: This is the third one. Yes.
1: I'm so excited. So friends, we're going to Florence, Italy. It's going to be romantic. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be sensual and fabulous and expansive. We all have not gotten the chance to travel, especially together with an incredible, like high vibrational group of like-minded people. It's going to be incredibly special. And that is going to be happening on June 23rd to 25th in Florence, Italy. And we would love to have you
0: come and join us. We just had to do a little date change. So if you thought about going before and you're like, oh, but those dates don't work, we had to do a little shift. So we're now at towards the end of the month. And I just know they're a great time. I get excited just thinking about it, the friendship, the community, and then also this really exciting and exploratory deep work that we do together.
1: Yeah. So if you're interested in any of that, you can reach out to Kristen, uh, via her Instagram or her email. Do you want to give people those specs?
0: Yeah. So my Instagram is at hangy love. You can find a link in my bio. And if you're interested in any of my classes, you can reach out to me uh, at Kristen hangy classes at gmail.com.
1: And so you can reach out to either of us, email, Instagram, if you're interested in Florence as well. We have limited space, but we'd love to have you.
0: Yes, and Natalie, will you give your Instagram and email so people? Yes. can Yes. Get- um,
1: I am Miss Natalie Roy on Instagram and NatalieLynRoy at gmail dot com on email.
0: We love you. We're so grateful to you for being in this conversation with us, and thank you for being um, being who you are and for being willing to feel everything inside of you. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for being committed to showing up for your dreams.
1: If you'd like to know more about what we are up to, or find more information about our
0: podcast,
1: upcoming retreats, or anything else, please go check out our website, www.thecreateseries.com.
0: And... You can come and jam with us on Facebook. I know, we're still on Facebook. We have a Create Community page, and that's Create, C, period, R, period, E, period, A, period, T, period, E, period.
1: And if you want to check us out on Instagram, you can find me, Natalie, at Miss Natalie Roy.
0: And you can find me at Pingy Love. That's H-A-N-G-G-I-L-O-V-E. Keep on rocking your dreams and we can't wait to
1: connect with you more.